0: Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you. The Bauer and Rose Show, right here at justthenews.com, wherever you get your podcasts, and SiriusXM, The Patriot, Channel 125. Make sure and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an edition of Bauer and Rose. Give us a five star rating and recommend us to friends. So, Gary, I'm debating whether we start today with Bribery Bob, the Menendez case, or this ABC News Washington Post poll, which has. Democrats in absolute meltdown. What are your thoughts? Where do you want to start first?
1: Well, I I guess I would go with the poll. Um, Do you you buy it? Do you buy um, it? Do you buy it? um, You know, I think I think it's possible, Tom, and I and it takes a while to explain it, but uh, you know, historically, Republicans have. I have always been against, um, voters that are, that don't pay a lot of attention or they are just alienated from the two party system. Uh, that, that there'd be tremendous efforts made to register those folks to vote because our view has been, well, if they're that alienated from the system and they don't really, they're not keeping up on things, which we, that we assume that's what it was going, what was going on. They weren't keeping up on things. Uh, why would we want them to vote? Well, there's been a series of polls in the last couple of months that is showing one of the oddest results, and it's getting almost no attention, Tom. The polls are showing that if you include in the polling people that have not voted in the last five elections and are not that inclined to vote now, that those people are overwhelmingly for Donald Trump. Now,
0: that, there's a there's a problem with well. that. There's a, I mean, I, I wouldn't know that I I wouldn't say that there's a problem, but there's a a fly in that ointment. Most of those folks, and we're talking about minorities, we're talking about blacks and Hispanics, particularly young men, live in overwhelmingly blue states. So if our minority vote goes up from what did Donald Trump wins. Twelve percent, thirteen. Let's say it doubles, but all of that happens in dark blue states. Is it going to make it? Is it going to make any difference?
1: Well, I, I disagree, Tom. That the people that are picking Trump uh, by two to one uh, are minorities. I, I, I think that um, the the minority minorities are the one in the two to one calculation. What I think has been missed by the Republican party. I know it's been missed by the Republican party. Um, and we may bore people to death with this, but I actually think it's kind of important. Uh, there are disaffected working class people in America that obviously don't want the Democrat party because they, they, they caught on a long time. I'm good. The, the Democrat Party, That on the, on the list of priorities for the Democrat Party, uh, working class men and women are below uh, Muslims, gays, lesbians. The, the entire uh, color rainbow flag, working class Americans are way below them. Yeah, illegal migrants, uh, the list goes on and on and on and on. But those same people looked at the economic, and I have to say it, Tom, the foreign policy views of the Republican Party, and they didn't like those. They don't want to be the world's policemen. They don't want endless wars. They don't want their sons and daughters coming back without arms and legs for wars we never win. They don't want their mother's Social Security check cut. The list goes on and on and on. They could care less if tax rates are going to go up on billionaires. In fact, they would like tax rates to go up on billionaires. And so these people looked at the political spectrum and said, there's nobody there speaking for us. And Tom, I believe that as it has become so clear that the establishment of both political parties – and that every globalist that takes a breath every morning wants to stop Donald Trump, that these people are going, that's my guy. That's who I want. They're the people going crazy over uh, rich men north of Richmond. They go crazy over try – don't try that in a small town. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and I think they're there for the taking. I got to call – Last night, Tom, by somebody in Michigan that really understands politics, and I won't bore you and our listeners with the details, but this individual discovered that 300,000 people who regularly go hunting in Michigan did not vote in the last two presidential elections. Did not vote. Even though one party is dedicated to taking away their guns, and the other party, at least rhetorically, is in favor of them keeping their guns. I, I think, Tom, there is an untapped reservoir out there of people that in many ways have just given up, in some ways, even on America. They've they're just honkered down. They're used to getting you-know-what you know, between every sunrise and every sunset by both political establishments. Nobody cares if trains derail in their communities and their water is poisoned. No one cares if their sons and daughters go to trade school to get jobs and they got to pay back their loans while the sons and daughters of lawyers and doctors get their loans forgiven at big universities. You just go down the list. And Tom, I'm telling you, the typical message of the Republican Party the Republican establishment is exactly the reason the people I grew up with could not imagine themselves voting Republican.
0: You are listening to the Gary Bauer Talkathon Marathon right here at justthenews.com. Um, my I'm name is done. The, I'm, the rest <laughs> of the show is yours. <laughs> I was going to say, my name is Tom Rose. Can I say something? This the, And I didn't lead in with this, which some of our listeners might not know exactly what we were referring to. There was an ABC News Washington Post poll, which came out over the weekend that had Donald Trump in a head-to-head up 10 points over Joe Biden. Now, Real Clear Politics uh, did a piece this morning. There have been 10 national polls that have matched up the two in the past couple of months. Two were tied, four that showed Trump slightly up, and four that show Biden slightly up. So, So far, anyway, this ABC News, Washington Post poll is a bit of an outlier. But well, I I
1: disagree, Tom. I'm sorry, I disagree. I I won't filibuster, but I disagree. There's been a number of polls in the last week that showed Donald Trump up four or five. And in the swing states where these voters are concentrated, places like Pennsylvania, Michigan, etc., he's up by seven. I think the poll is... Showing Polls are a snapshot in time, and the most recent snapshots are showing Donald Trump opening up a significant lead.
0: Well, that's one poll. There have been four that have shown Trump up. Four that have shown him down slightly. His leads are bigger than his deficits. And two that basically have them tied. But the key... I just said that that is not a correct summary of the polls. You're referring to single state polls. You mentioned mentioned Michigan polls. No. No, no, I did not. Try listening, my friend. I said
1: there have been several polls, including at least two others... That have him up four or five, and those same polls say
0: that his lead in the swing states is even higher. Those are the four polls that I was referring to twice that you've dismissed. There are four there have been ten national polls since the beginning of August. Ten. Four showed Trump up, four showed him down slightly, and two were within the margin of error. But none have been as high as ten. Is that acceptable? That's that's closer to reality. Yes. And the trend line is in the
1: direction that he's got a significant lead.
0: That's right. That's right. But now, finally, 12 minutes in, maybe I'll get to make the point that by every metric, it's terrible news for Biden. All of this is happening with Donald Trump facing 900 years in prison. The key point that nobody seems to have noticed is at this point in 2019, before COVID, Trump was doing worse in head to head polls against Biden and every other Democrat, for that matter, than he is today. Now, call me a conspiracy theorist, but could this be part of a plan to get Biden off the stage? concocted by leading Democrats in the media and the political world, the posters, because the Obama Dems that now run the country are clinging to power by their fingernails. And I think it could get very interesting. Remember, we now have a Democrat party that canceled primaries. So the party of democracy, the party that's constantly warning everyone that Republicans in general, Donald Trump in particular, Are existential threats to our democratic republic now are not permitting democracy in their own party. They've canceled their primaries. They're seeking to imprison their small-D democratic opponents. This is a complete reversal, Gary, of where Democrats thought they would be. They have sought, and to a large measure I think they've obtained, more control— over the American population than ever before in the country's history. And naturally, they thought, and I agreed with them, that their accumulation of such power to shut us down in our homes, to force us to take injections we didn't want, uh, immunizations we didn't want, to close our schools, to shutter our businesses, to clamp down our economy – uh, to burn down our cities, to rig our elections would have put them in a completely dominant position heading into, into next fall. Now, I'm still not at all convinced they'll fail because they won't stop until they succeed. But this isn't where they thought they would be. But one thing I've learned, and I, my hunch is you'll agree with me here, is never, ever, ever, ever discount the Republicans' ability to screw it up. These these latest approval ratings that aren't just from the uh, ABC News Washington Post poll, but are reflected in some of the other polls, show Biden's approval rating at 41% with a disapproval rating at 56%. On the economy, it gets far worse. 64% disapprove. On the border, 62% disapprove. That's two-thirds of the country on the two most important, significant issues that Democrats face. I just wonder how long uh, Democrats are going to be able to stick by Joe Biden when you've got Governor Gavin Newsom of California now moving to the center. I don't know whether folks noticed that, but he vetoed last week (laughs) a California law that – He used to support and said we should celebrate this California law that favored parents in custody cases who supported transgender mutilations of their children. The very proposal that he said uh, he supported and wanted introduced last year, but after blowback from his far left, I didn't know there was anyone to his far left, but apparently there is. He now says that the only reason he vetoed the bill was because it was the law already. I mean, this is Bill Clinton 2.0 stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, okay. So I think the, the Washington Post poll, um, is, uh, really bad news for Joe Biden and the Democrat party and really bad news for, uh, the establishment of the Republican party and their corporate donors and their Washington, um, economic and, um, foreign policy advisor class because it indicates a complete repudiation of the road the Republican Party has been on ever since the Reagan years ended. Reagan was, in his own way, a populist Republican. The party establishment hated him. Some of the biggest donors in the Republican Party tried to stop him Many of the foreign policy establishment during those years were upset that he didn't do, he wasn't more aggressive in foreign policy. They didn't like it when he invited uh, the Russian leader to come to Washington to negotiate, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, They wanted him to stay, the, the establishment wanted him to stay away from the values issues. The libertarian wing of the party was against him pushing school prayer, uh, talking about the sanctity of life, et cetera. Um, so, so the, the polling scares the daylights out of both political parties, not the voters of both parties. It's, it scares the daylights out of the establishment and voters of the Democrat Party. But in the Republican Party, you know, a good chunk of the voters like the things that Donald Trump says. But the establishment of the party is universally opposed. And one of the ways, Tom, you can tell that they're opposed and that they will never do the things that Donald Trump is writing on, is is campaigning on, is their complete ineptness, their complete lack of fight, their complete lack of will at this very moment to do anything out of the ordinary. To, to stop the invasion at the border where the people coming in are now posting their own country's flags on U.S. soil and their complete unwillingness and inability to shift on Ukraine, even as the public overall now opposes spending any more of our money there. So we see in the day's headlines that the, the public is rejecting everything the Democrats are pushing and everything that the Republican establishment is unwilling to fight
0: about. Well, we'll see. We've got this government shutdown vote coming up, which is rather ironic insofar as uh, the people now screaming loudest about the dangers of a, a partial government shutdown. I think Mark Levin has done more work on this than anyone. A shutdown, quote-unquote, would entail 13 percent of the federal government. And of course, as we know, the federal government is closed 16 hours out of every workday and 24 hours out of every weekend day. So we'll see where this goes. I hear people, uh, Republicans of the Mitch McConnell ilk saying, y- y- you know what, let's not give any momentum or focus to Democrats to shift blame to Republicans. So in other words, we should just approve their spending packages, approve their two trillion dollar, two trillion dollars in one year deficit that, uh, is, is now being bandied about that because they're on their back heel, Republicans should just sit back, not cause a stir, not try to protect the country's fisc, it's finances. Uh, so my hunch is Republicans will cave on any spending cuts or caps and uh, go ahead with the um, um, go ahead with this massive omnibus that uh, Democrats are now claiming if we don't support will result in a horrific Armageddon like uh, a shutdown of 13 percent of the government for uh, uh, eight of the uh, 24 hours in a day.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's a, uh, uh, it's not only, uh, McConnell, Tom, as you know, it's, it's McCarthy who's in a really difficult position, um, because he could get past what, uh, would have to be passed to keep the government open. Uh, but to do that, he would have to have Democrat votes bail him out from the, you know, whatever it is, 20 Republican House members that refused to go along with all this stuff. Uh, and you, know, if, if that's what he ends up doing to get it through, man, you, you've, uh, you probably have, he, that probably would blow up the election. That would just convince millions of additional people. It just doesn't make a difference. <laughs> um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it, we'll see how it plays out. Um, You you know, events are in the saddle as as always, Tom. I mean, um, what what, you know, our little uh, back and forth on the polls, whether they're real, whether they're fake, or or whatever. uh, uh, As as we've both said many many times, uh, there are going to be headlines that we can't possibly imagine, and those headlines. Uh, between now and next November will determine who wins the White House.
0: Who was the British Prime Minister? Was it Anthony Eden or Harold Macmillan? His famous line when a reporter asked him, uh, what keeps him up at night? And the answer was, events, my boy, events. Uh, yeah. <laughs> meaning, <laughs> meaning you have no idea what's happening. Let's switch gears for a second. Um, Bribery Bob, New Jersey Senator Robert Menendez indicted on three charges. Uh bribery, fraud, and extortion. I'm not disputing anything in the indictment, but I'm cautious here. The true tragedy of the corruption of our justice system is that right now, and I'm not holding a brief for Bob Menendez, The um, it, it looks pretty bad for bribery, Bob. I just don't trust him anymore. It's possible, even probable, that there's a lot of truth behind these charges. But... I'm now so jaded and jaundiced about our Justice Department that um, the presumption of innocence, I'm convinced, is more important now than ever. Of course, the charges are that he he kept half a million dollars in cash in his house and $100,000 worth of gold bars, that he accepted bribes to help Egypt. I I don't know whether – I mean we all can agree that hoarding $500,000 in cash is a bad idea, but is it illegal if it's – honestly obtained. I mean, that's part of the problem here, right? Um, that yeah. that there's nothing illegal about hoarding cash if it's yours, but that's what the government can't stand, right? Not having control over every aspect of our financial lives.
1: Well, he, he said, Tom, that he, because of his Cuban background, and, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you, 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 you might be able to identify with this because, you know, historically Jews have been um, – Accused of disloyalty and chased out of a number of countries and uh, oppressed in a number of uh, countries. And uh, here in the United States, the same thing happened to Mormons. And so uh, both groups tend to want to have assets and, and things easily available in case they wake up one morning and things are really going south. Right. But to hear this guy that was born in the United States say that. Uh, he had four hundred fifty thousand dollars sitting around the house because he was worried about an emergency. I I hate to give Fetterman any uh, any credit, but Fetterman's response was, "Yeah, my house. Uh, if we have an emergency, we've got an extra flashlight." Uh, <laughs> see, I would say I don't know who wrote that for Fetterman. That's pretty darn good. It is. You know? it, it is.
0: I just. I- I just don't trust our Justice Department anymore. I mean, they have in federal prosecutions, and I guess this was not the U.S. attorney in New Jersey. It was uh, the Justice Department and a grand jury in Washington that brought this indictment forward. I just, I don't know. Why is this happening now? The FBI raided Menendez's home a year ago. So Bob has known for at least a year that an indictment was coming. I mean, this was hanging over his head. Why did they wait so long? And why, after waiting a year, did they decide to drop the indictment the week before the Biden impeachment inquiry starts? Any any thoughts there? I mean, but Biden now, had yeah. Bob by the by the his non binary jewels for a year. Um, so I want to know what kinds of compromises Menendez was forced to make in order to get the Biden administration from holding off on this indictment for the for the year that it had all the goods.
1: Well, I wonder if he didn't make the compromises, uh, Tom. They kept hoping, coping that he that he would. So I believe he continued to be critical of uh, of any effort to um, get in tight with uh, with uh, communist Cuba uh, you know, he, he opposed that. The administration desperately wanted to do that. He continued to be critical of the, uh, the, the Biden administration's tilting back toward Iran at the expense of Israel. So maybe they kept going back to him and saying, man, you keep this up. We're going to indict you. We're going to indict you. We're going to indict you. And he just, you know, he didn't, uh, he didn't back off, and then they finally did it. I don't know. Does he think that he'll there'll be a hung jury again in in New Jersey? That's what, that's what happened the last time he was brought up on charges of uh, of fraud and so forth. Yeah, right? they
0: but they but they fixed the problem now by indicting him in Washington. So he's going to get a D.C. jury. He's not going to get a home state jury, even though the uh-huh. crimes, if they were crimes, if, I assume were committed at his home in New Jersey. But I don't I don't know that.
1: Here's a wild idea. If you if you if you're keeping 450,000 in illicit funds, uh, can't you get a trusted aide to keep it at his house?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or can't you You I mean, mean, can't you call up Joe Biden and say, Joe, how about tossing me a couple, you know, three, four, maybe five of your of your uh, 20 shell companies that are used to, to hide all this money? I don't. And again, this this happened a year ago. I mean, isn't it suspicious that it took a year to announce an indictment on something that they're now claiming is so, uh, so open and shut. They to get
1: through all their Trump indictments first. Yeah, you know, the they were backed point. up. They were backlogged. <laughs> so, <Good.
0: laughs> that's an excellent point. We're going to th- we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. You're listening to the Bauer and Rose Show at JustTheNews.com, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you. The Bauer and Rose Show for a Tuesday following um, the Menendez indictment, this, these new poll results, and this very, very disturbing report that has uh, come out this morning originally in the New York Post, picked up by the Daily Mail in London, about a 1,000 children reported missing so far this year, and an inordinate number in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, this this is one of those stories that, that really is impossible to ignore. And there was, a, there was a, a somewhat related piece earlier in the week that at the 13 Baltimore City public high schools, not a single student, zero students, tested proficient in state math exams in every single one of Baltimore's 13 public high schools. But this, this story from Cleveland and across the country about uh, these poor kids that are missing presumed, well, we don't know what happened to them.
1: Yeah. I, I, I have to tell you, Tom, I didn't see this story out of Cleveland. I didn't uh, get my daily dose of the daily mail this morning, which often breaks stories that, that uh, uh, others don't break that, that's certainly disturbing on the face of it. And it, and it fits in, you know, with a lot of, uh, concern around the country on, uh, uh, child trafficking, uh, all sorts of other things. You, you know, Tom, a lot of big city school districts, uh, when, when they closed down because of COVID, when the schools opened back up, uh, thousands of fewer children, uh, reported, uh, for school. And, uh, I, and, you know, there's been all kinds of, well, what, what's going on? Are they being homeschooled? Are they, did they switch to private schools? It doesn't seem like it should be that hard to collect these statistics. But, but this sounds like something that could be much more, um, disturbing and evil depending on what the, the explanation well, is. Well, I, I actually,
0: I, I actually misspoke. The 1,000 kids that have been reported missing this year, that's not a national number. That's in Ohio alone. In the last month, according to the Daily Mail and the New York Post, 45 children have gone missing in the Cleveland-Akron area in September alone. And in August, there were more than 55 missing minors. Now, I don't know that we have details. That
1: sounds, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, this sounds something different than... Well, wait a minute. We had 500 people in in the freshman year last year, and now there's only 480 in the sophomore year. This sounds like – They're gone. We don't know where they are. Parents actually reporting missing children, right? Right,
0: exactly. And most of these cases – I don't have the numbers. They didn't break them down in the story. Most of the cases are – Custody related. The mom is upset at the dad and t- runs off with the kids or vice. The dad takes the kids, uh, without legal custody, stuff like that. Nonetheless, it is a, an utterly, uh, devastating statistic that we don't simply focus on to the extent that we could or should. And that is the problem of broken homes in America. It's, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible problem, the problem of, of, of fatherlessness of single-parent homes, and if you look at the data, it's the most important social metric we can refer to because it drives all of the others. Charles, Murray, Charles Murray's, what was it, 2013, 2014 book, Coming Apart, mm-hmm. um, kind of lays this all out, that there hasn't been, we are in uh, uncharted territory, Gary. We've, there's never been an advanced society or, or a civilization that we're aware of, a culture, where uh, a huge minority of kids are not being raised in two-parent homes. This is uncharted. We don't know where it will go, but the original in, the initial indications are not positive.
1: Yeah, you, you know, Tom, uh, I think we talked about this a couple of times, but... Uh uh Osama bin Laden and his uh, his jihadists uh, and I think this is a view that 's widely held among fundamentalist uh Islamists around the world uh, are, are were and are absolutely convinced that America is so decadent, uh, so without a moral code, a moral core, that uh, it, it will take very little. To uh, push it over to make it unravel, and uh, I, I think you know the the evidence is growing that that is exactly where we might be right. what
0: was what was murray 's uh, famous the, line that, that when life becomes a picnic with nothing of importance to do, ideas of greatness are end up being nothing more than an irritant. I think I just ruined the quote but 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 something like that since we don 't have to struggle or fight for daily bread um, in a welfare state that is grown beyond all recognition, uh, there isn't any impetus or desire or incentive uh, to focus on the serious, perhaps potentially fatal social illnesses that confront us.
1: Yeah. The um, So you, you've got huge numbers of children uh, raised in single parent homes. You've got uh, a... A plummeting birth rate, you have um, the delay of marriage further and further in life, uh, with now statistics showing that a significant number of women over the age of 30 are, are not married. You have schools teaching the children that we do have, that we have brought into the world, uh, that they're living in an evil country and that they can be any gender they want to be. And uh, you, you've got powerful forces insisting that they have a right to expose these children to uh, explicit, perverse sexual information over the objections of their parents. Uh, you've got a border which, to call it open is to insult the word open in, in which people are pouring in at such a rapid rate that we literally don't know what to do with them. And now we're seeing that they're bringing the flags of their countries with them and planting them on our soil as they come in. Um We uh, we notice, but then we don't dwell on it because we don't want to think of the implications of it, that for some bizarre reason, they overwhelmingly are military-aged men. Meanwhile, our government is spending billions of dollars in foreign wars that they've never taken a moment to explain to the American people.
0: I don't know, Tom, what could go wrong? <laughs> what 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 could go right that's um it is it is it an issue of too much freedom we look at 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 Europe and we see it's far easier to get rid of freedom and gain whatever security can be won by well in the case of 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 southern europe now uh islamizing or islamicizing uh, people we've now I think as we're into our second generation, perhaps third generation of people who didn't have to fight for their freedom, they only knew how to enjoy it, right? It's here now. We need to import workers that um, to do the jobs that we won't do. That's what we're constantly told by our betters and by the establishment. Well, where does that come from? I think it comes from the entitlement society that – we have been enlarging for 70 years, and our dependence on immigration, our so-called dependence on immigration, is, a, is a, a devastating social weakness that I think is already yielding very, very bitter fruit. Because the Biden administration's answer to the open border problem that they created is to make it easier to process all the illegals, not to prevent their entry. They want their entry. We just legalized 470,000 Venezuelans last week with TPS, temporary protective status, Biden administration by Executive Fiat, half a million uh, illegals from Venezuela, uh, now will be protected from deportation, obviously on their road to amnesty and citizenship. The analogy of the leaking roof that we talked about. Don't fix the roof. Get a bigger bucket. That's the Biden plan. They sabotage the border. They undermine the border. They get rid of the border to create a crisis that then they can use to claim amnesty is the only solution to. So that's their fix to the crisis that they themselves created. Well, Tom,
1: it's, it's hard to, it's hard to conclude anything else other than that what's happening at the border is completely intended. It's part of a plan, and there is no good plan that would have this as part of it. Uh, the, the, they, they aim to change America, literally change America. They're trying to make sure that, that young Americans don't have children while they're bringing in all kinds of women and children and men from other parts of the world. That that wouldn't know an American founding father if it walked into the room. If he walked into the room, and uh, started uh, speaking to them, some favorite famous statement from our past: "Give me liberty or give me death." You what? What? What is that? What does that mean, uh, Tom? This this is you, we're we're seeing a country destroyed in front of our eyes, uh, and I I think what is so demoralizing uh, to the American people is they they see almost no one willing to do something about it. And the guy that has clearly demonstrated he is willing to do something about it. The entire power structure of the United States is trying to destroy. Yeah. The, Donald Trump is the one guy that has made it absolutely clear he wants to do something about it. The the It's the only thing that explains why he ran the first time, when he had a perfectly wonderful life without doing so, and then that he wants to run again. Even as they attempt to put him in jail and throw away the key, he's willing to do it again, and vir- virtually Every center of power in America is trying to stop him. Uh, the Republican donor base trying to stop him. Uh, some of the, the, the most iconic conservative publications like National Review trying to stop him. Probably two-thirds of Republicans in the United States Senate. Oh, I can't believe it. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We, what are we going to do about the border? What are we going to do about no-win wars? What are we going to do about a stagnant economy? What are we going to do about crime in the streets? What are we going to do about teaching racism in the schools? What are we going to do about drag queens reading to our children? No! What are we going to do about Donald Trump?
0: (laughs) I mean, there hasn't been. I was just reading Victor Davis Hanson during one of your – 10-minute soliloquies. Not that I wasn't paying attention, but that – and it referenced what we were talking earlier about the social problem um, facing younger people and the lack of families. But there's no nation in history that has survived once its borders have been destroyed. So this is a – when Donald Trump came into office, he faced many crises – And we dealt with many of them very successfully. I worked in the White House for four years, many of them very successfully, some of them not so successfully, but none of the major problems that this country faced were created by Donald Trump. You could argue that we didn't handle already extant crises as we could or should have on matters of trade, on matters of relations with China, things like that. But what we have now, is create i mean this border crisis is a result of an affirmative policy by the president of the united states and the administrative apparatus of the federal government to open our borders this is a man made crisis the explosion in crime is a man made crisis we've ditched our our bail laws we've uh, downgraded penalties for Uh, criminal activity. The corruption of our justice system is a man-made problem. The fact that now 60% of the country has little or no faith in the integrity of the FBI. I mean, when I was growing up, everybody wanted to be a G-man. I mean, we looked up to these guys. We worshiped these guys. Today, six out of 10 Americans believe they're corrupt. These are problems that are a direct result of policies that have failed. This transgenderism, this, this, I mean, I think that, you know, may well be, and, and you and I have talked about this, and I think you have uh, more optimism than I do on this score that this may be the straw that breaks the camel's back, but I've been hearing that about everything from same sex marriage to, uh, you know, overturning Roe. I don't know, but, um, I just – it's its very difficult to be optimistic.
1: I, I – I, you know, that straw that broke the camel's back analogy, I've used that exact phrase, but I'm going to have to do some adjustments to that because I just read this morning that the camel got up this morning and is now identifying as an elephant. <laughs> so uh, we'll just have to – if he identifies as an elephant, he must be an elephant, Tom, as we <laughs> all know, right? Um you know, adding to this uh, slog of, uh, of depressing uh, news and reality and facts, um, I, I was thinking about this today. The Among American veterans, among American law enforcement, and among American border agents, suicide rates are at record levels. And as I thought about it, and it brought a tear to my eye, I was wondering, you know, what is the logical explanation? And I think, Tom, it's simply that these are men and women that uh, gave their lives to defend America from enemies uh, internal and abroad. And they see with their own eyes that our country is being destroyed and nobody seems to have the i an idea or the willingness to risk doing something out of the ordinary.
0: Did you see, have you seen this, this VA uh, sponsored video, this official video from the department of veterans affairs, which informs us and I I have to admit, I I learned something. Pregnancy is not limited to women. I always thought it was. This official video, I don't have the clip from it, explains all the wonderful ways the VA can help you obtain an abortion, whether you're a man or a woman at any point in your pregnancy, whether or not you're a woman. If you're a man, also, I I didn't know that that uh, womb is now a word that must be excised from our language. Uh, Nowhere in this video, it's about three minutes long in their charts. It's, it's really something to behold. Uh, womb is now a uterus. The child is now a fetus or an embryo or a zygote. Uh, uh, abortifacient. Um, uh, is uh, Reproductive what, care. Right. No, <laughs> abortifacient uh, medicines. I don't even want to use the term medicines. Their poisons are called uh, affirming health care. This is from the VA. These, these are baby pesticides, Tom. Yeah, oh, that's very well said. Baby infanticides or pesticides or insecticides uh, told as, as affirming health care. So at any point in your pregnancy, the VA is there for you, Gary, whether or not uh, uh, you're a woman.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, you, you know, Tom, I, I just keep I, I, I don't know what's Frustrating me the most. I mean, when Rome was falling, didn't didn't somebody arise in Rome and and say, "I'm taking what's left of the legions, and I'm heading to the uh, Tiber, and we're gonna." We're going to make one last-ditch effort to stop
0: the barbarians. Wasn't, uh, wasn't his name Julius Caesar, something like that, if I remember my history? Well, but correctly. I mean, was that... Oh, later, was that later, later, named? later, 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 right. Yeah. Now, Ju- Julius yeah. Caesar crossed the Rubicon and ended the Republic and began the Roman Empire. But once the Roman Empire, 450 years later, began to collapse. But as Mark Steins pointed out repeatedly, it took Rome, it took the empire, 400 years to come apart. It took Great Britain about 70 years to come apart, and we're going to break that record.
1: Yeah. Tom, I – you know, uh, this this settlement in Texas that you and I, I believe, talked about, right, that's mm-hmm. uh, just got illegal immigrants in it, illegal yeah, yeah. Am, aliens in it, uh, that, that got enough publicity that now the Texas legislature, uh, Republican-dominated – that spent a good bit of the summer trying to impeach a Republican office holder has decided to try to do something about the settlement. So I guess that counts for something, but you know, I, I, I just, I don't get Tom that with all the checks and balances that we have in the system that nobody thought about what the mindset would be of the good guys When they were faced with a movement of power in the country that was willing to give the whole country the finger, which is what the left is doing, whether you're a parent or a business owner or a veteran or whatever, they're giving you the finger. They're saying, oh, yeah, we'll try to do something about it. That nobody on our side has an answer to that. I mean I I still don't understand why why hasn't somebody okay, here's what I would like to say I would do if I were the governor of Texas and I had massive majorities in in the in the Texas legislature. I would go up and address the legislature and say, I am sending up a bill to form a Texas militia. We are going to hire Twenty-five thousand able-bodied men and women that are willing to defend the border of Texas. And I am willing to do whatever it has to has to be done to pay these individuals. And we're going to recruit them. We're going to train them. We're going to send them to the border because nobody is defending the border of Texas, which happens to be the border of the United States of America. And if I end up losing my office over this or getting thrown in jail, I will go to jail proudly and let history record I tried to save America. Nobody is thinking like that. Nobody is doing Anything? Uh, they sitting around and going, "I don't know. I think we got a chance for a red wave." Well, a
0: red wave to do what? To do what? Yeah, conserv- what is it you're going to do? Right. Conservatives have. Well, I hate to lump all conservatives in that because I don't think that applies to you, as uh, uh, as uh, ornery as you have been today. But but we've had a terrible time articulating the need for social values in the face of an ideology so apparently freedom-centered. Because so many people now equate conservatism with libertarianism. Social conservatives must, you know... The first thing we have to do as social conservatives is understand and clarify that our views on government and society are different than libertarians. Libertarians advocate almost this... this um, Well, I don't want to go so far as to call it anarchy, but it's freedom without a moral order, right? Tyranny is government without checks against the will of the majority. We quoted, I think it was Alexander Hamilton uh, a couple of days ago saying, if... The minority has the power to oppress the majority, the majority will be oppressed. And if the majority has the power to oppress the minority, the minority will be oppressed, which is why we need checks and balances, why we need a strong social order. And as, you know, Alexis de Tocqueville wrote in his, you know, classic piece, Democracy in America, um, the most religious society on earth doesn't really need an overwhelmingly powerful police force. But as religion recedes, law enforcement will have to pick up the slack. That wasn't exactly how uh, uh, Alex... uh,
1: Only a virtuous people can
0: remain free. That's, I think, you've said it uh, somewhat better than I did. But I think we're out of time. Well, I don't know,
1: Tom. uh, Before we drive the remaining Americans of common sense towards suicide, (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should... uh, I think everybody should leave the Byron Rose Show... After listening to this and go out and do something today that will help us win in one year from now, assuming we still have a country one year from now.
0: So that means I can't I'm in Israel at 6 p.m. so I can't uh, head to the bar. Is that what you're telling me? Well, you can, but if you find any dual citizens over there, uh, give them an s and and have them vote now. (laughs) We'll talk to you later in the week, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be back stateside finally. Anyway, have a great couple days. God bless everybody.
1: God bless. You know how to book flights and hotels.